0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, December 4th. And because it's Friday, we welcome back in Teddy Pristash doing week 13 picks against the spread. Awful week for me last week. Just abysmal. 3 and 11. I I can't believe it. Uh, fortunately, still above 500 on the year 78, 70, and 2. Teddy has a. Uh, gotten the best of me two weeks in a row now Um, he's up to 71 74 and five Uh, it's a long podcast there are a lot of games a lot to catch up on since we didn't do a podcast last week we just put out the graphics so not going to waste too much time beforehand just please go make sure to uh, like subscribe review the podcast share it with your friends as always I appreciate the feedback and constant support Um, let's pass along to Ted we'll go through each game of the upcoming slate give our three best bets at the end let's go make some money and for a Friday episode, it's been a while, but we're glad to welcome back in Teddy Pristash doing week 13 NFL picks against the spread. Uh, Teddy, before we go into how we did last week, uh, how have you been? We haven't been able to do the pod in a little bit just because of uh, the holidays and all that. So, how have things been going?
1: Yeah, man, uh, I've been good. It was I definitely missed doing the podcast without uh, or during Thanksgiving week, but you know, it was good to. Get some time in with the fam, and and uh, we I got to see you from a distance, which was cool. So yeah, so yeah, I'm doing pretty good, kind of same old, same old. Perfect. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm good. It was like you were saying, it was good to see everybody for even just a little bit before I had to make my way back to Tennessee. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, it wasn't nice picks wise for us last week, and um, and fortunately also just in the last few days, uh, I'm glad that this isn't a uh, college basketball. Pick'em podcast because I have been fucking awful the last few days. Um, yeah, I've
1: been I've been struggling lately as well in all ta- assets of gambling. Yeah, and
0: it, and it started for me on Sunday. Uh, I had a miserable week. Uh, you know, we, we released our picks for the show on Twitter uh, with our just our graphic that we typically use. Uh, I went three and eleven. And uh, just a just a god awful week for me. Um, Still, fortunately, above 500 on the season. I'm 78, 70 and two. Teddy, you had a winning week last week. You were pulling just close to 500 again. So I, I think we get another winning week out here and you'll be above 500. Currently sitting at 71, 74 and five after an eight and six week. You usually will correct me if I'm wrong on these on the show. Am I wrong about anything that I've said so far? No, um, uh,
1: I think you got it right so far. Right. But, yeah, pretty pretty okay week for
0: me. Hey, that Steelers game was kind of just thrown in there, but I know. You know. Yeah, the Steelers won. <laughs> we both we both uh, went with the Steelers, and it was looking good up until up until the end. I guess they never really dominated that game, but that's just, just an
1: just... ugly game, exactly. though. Like.
0: I, honestly, I, there's got to be something said about just games that are being thrown on these random days. You know, athletes and and when you get into a system like the NFL, it's so scheduled, um, and you're just you're on this uh, body clock. Every day is you know a Wednesday is a practice day. You know, so it's 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 a it was a weird game. Um, I I know we're gonna have a, a doubleheader on Monday. We're gonna have a Tuesday game, um, and so I guess we'll kind of just uh, work our way through all of that. But Let's dive in now to this week, uh, week 13. It's making me more and more sad that we are coming up on the end of the regular season. Um, this is always when it starts to set in to me that, oh shit, in a couple months we're going to be without football. I mean, we've got two months left, essentially. Killing me, though. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a sad time. Um, fortunately, I've been able to find enough enjoyment out of free agency and the draft where I can kind of sustain myself and then I only really get that bummed out the couple months that lead up until the preseason Um, so hopefully this offseason will be a fun one I know I've talked about it on a bunch of podcasts before I think we're in for a really exciting offseason I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to be on the move um, especially with some that are going to be drafted this year so hopefully even though the season will be coming to an end We'll have a, a lot of interesting football storylines throughout, and hopefully the world will get back to normal, so maybe we don't have to uh, just sit around at home every day for the rest of our lives. But um, That would be nice. That would be nice. All right, well, let's start off with a game down in Miami. Uh, before the season started, this would have been uh, you know one of the more exciting matchups to take a look at heading in uh, to Week 13. We've got the 2-8-1 Bengals with the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, at quarterback. And then the Dolphins, you know, they said at the beginning of the season they were going to take it slow with Tua, but they would assume that by week 13, uh, Tua would be in the fold as the starting quarterback. Now we're looking here, and we're not sure if we're going to have either of them. We're definitely not having Joe Burrow, um, as he is kind of recovering from ACL, MCL surgery that I believe happened uh, a day or two ago. Um, And meanwhile, the Dolphins are not sure what's going on with Tua. His availability for this game is still in question. You know, regardless of who is going to be playing at quarterback, this is a very lopsided affair. Uh, the Bengals are two-eight and one, uh, have one of the worst rosters in football. Um, you know, exciting. You know, receivers. Joe Mixon's on the IR now. Uh, bad offensive line. They're taking on uh, one of the best coached teams in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins, sitting at seven and four, uh, in the playoff hunt right now. I believe if the season ended today, they would get that final wild card spot um miami defense is the story this year allowing 18.6 points per game which is second fewest in the nfl uh, which definitely doesn't uh fare well for a bengals offense as i mentioned with a bad offensive line and inconsistent aj green no joe burrow and no joe mixon teddy the line is at dolphins minus 11 and a half uh where are you going with this one yeah
1: i will i think um i what you just said. The Dolphins defense is the story and I mean I'm I'm sitting here looking at their schedule and you go back to week 5 when they destroy the 49ers, win 43-17 to then they shut out the Jets then they give up 17 to the Rams in a win. They do give up 31 to the Cardinals but again in a win. Only 21 to the Chargers 20 to Denver and then last week 3 to the Jets. I mean this this defense has been legit um and when I look at the Bengals um and kind of what they have going for them yeah I kind of like um obviously their wide receiver talent but other than that I really don't find anywhere that that I love this team um and Mm. with Brandon Allen throwing those guys the ball I'm not really into it um So uh, I'm taking the Dolphins um, against the points here just because I really don't
2: expect the Bengals to do much. Um, And I know we talked about this game a little bit,
1: so I'm kind of just going to let you go into it. Um, But I'm going to go with the Dolphins minus
2: 11 and a half here.
0: Yeah, this is one of the first of, of eight games that we were talking about before the show that are that when we locked in, the spreads um, are eight points or more. So there's a lot of large spreads this week. So we got to tread lightly with some of these. Some of them are going to cover, obviously. Some of them will not. I'm going to be on the same side of you with this. Uh, Dolphins minus 11.5. I would love if it was in that 10 or 9 range. Um, I would love to take the Dolphins then. Stretching above 10 is a little worrisome. Um, But at the end of the day, just like you said, this Dolphins defense is great. Um, I think the Bengals last week in the first game without Joe Burrow, we saw a light version of the Miami Dolphins defense. I think Joe Judge and Brian Flores, to me, as I've talked for weeks now, have a lot of similarities just coming from their background in New England. Um, And I believe that right now the 2020 Giants resemble a lot of the 2019 Dolphins to me. Um, and and uh, what they're getting out of the, the um, what what they're getting out of their defense right now uh, held held um, Cincinnati to a rough day last week and and I'm just going to take the fact that I believe that the Dolphins offense has a little bit more talent um, that Brian Flores has a better defense than Joe Judge currently so I'm I'm with you I'm going to take the Dolphins minus 11 and a half if this line shrinks towards closer to 10 or nine I love it but I don't believe that it will. Um, So both of us riding on with the Dolphins in that first game. Let's move on to a really fun matchup um, in Nashville on Sunday. The Cleveland Browns sitting at 8-3, traveling to take on the 8-3 Tennessee Titans. The name of this game is the two best rush attacks in the NFL. Uh, You know, Derrick Henry is averaging 114.3 rushing yards per game, which is the most in the NFL, Meanwhile, the Browns schematically have the best run at t- rush attack in the NFL with, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt leading the way. Um, both defenses haven't been great this year. So there's something to consider as well. This line is the Titans minus six Teddy. Are you riding with Tennessee or do you think the Browns can keep things close uh, in Nashville?
1: Yeah, this is a, a, a really interesting game. I'm really excited for this game. Um, I definitely—it's it, the highest over under total of the day, which kind of scares me when you're when you're putting the Browns in that game. But uh, yeah, it should be fun, and, and we'll see what they can get done. Um, definitely, like you were saying, the, the way that both teams want to win these games is with their run game and with their defense. Um, and I, I do think that if the um, if both teams were able to play to those strengths then i would take the browns plus six here i was definitely hoping
2: for um like a minus three for the titans here not all the way to six Mm -hmm.
1: um but for me what this game is really going to come down to despite what they want to do which is run um these these are two bad pass defenses or at least not great pass defenses and i really think that it's going to come down to who can throw the ball more and um and kind of win the game through the air which will then obviously in turn open up that run game more um, I mean you look the Browns have allowed almost 250 passing yards a game and that includes these last couple of weeks with their like terrible weather games the Titans allow like 270 passing yards a game um, so so I do think this game is going to come down to who can, who can score more through the air and I think the Titans are the team who can do that I think they can just make more plays um, Baker's kind of left with Jarvis Landry and Rashad Higgins and a couple guys who, yeah, they're good, but they're nothing special. I'd rather put my money with AJ Brown and Corey davis and and John Smith and even some of these backup tight ends who've been getting involved in the game plan. So so I'm gonna go with the Titans minus six. I definitely was hoping it would be a little a little closer, like a minus three minus four, but but I'm still gonna ride with the Titans.
0: I agree with a lot of what you were saying. Um, I, I, I'm on the flip side. I'm going to go with the Browns plus six here. I do believe the Titans still win this one. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, both of these defenses are not good, you know, and, and that needs to be, um, you know, taken into consideration because both of these teams sitting at eight and three, phenomenal season so far, but both of them have yet to really impress me on defense. You know, the Titans have had, you know, a, a bunch of injuries. So, you know, we could say, okay, maybe they get back healthy. They'll figure things out. The Browns have been letting even just bad teams all year hang around them. Most recently, the Jaguars ended up being a two-point game with them. Um, one note that you were saying, I, I locked in the over of, of 54 earlier in the week. I believe right now when we locked in these picks, it was 53 and a half. Yeah. It, it's funny. I, I Both of these teams love to work through the run game, but both of them – are going to be able to put up a lot of points by doing so. So it's one of those situations where you're like, okay, if both love to run the ball, then maybe there's not going to be as many scoring opportunities because they'll just run out the clock. These are teams that um, love to utilize the play action and get a lot of deep pass concepts in there. Um, So I I do like the over in this one. And I do think the Titans pull this out, but just because the line is at six, I see this more of like a three, four point game game. Um, kind of what you were alluding to, hoping that it would be Titans minus three. I'm just going to be on the flip side here. Keep that the Browns keep it close, but the Titans probably still squeak out a win. Yeah, I mean,
1: it sounds like we're kind of in the same, same mindset, just different pick there. You right, know? yeah. I think the game's going to go a similar way,
2: though.
0: Exactly, exactly. All right, so let's move on now to our third game of the afternoon. Um, an NFC North Divisional matchup. Uh, the Detroit Lions, who no longer have Matt Patricia in as head coach, sitting at 4-7. They fired him a couple days after Thanksgiving. They are traveling to take on the 5-6 Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears, the story of their season, started 5-1, now we are sitting at 5-6. Um, Chicago has won five straight games versus Detroit. I believe that would mean all of those were in the Matt Patricia era. So Matt Nagy has beaten up on Matt Patricia, but no longer there. Uh, the Lions or sorry, excuse me. The bears are three point favorites at home. Teddy, this is kind of an ugly game, a confusing one. How do you break it down?
1: Yeah. Um, I know that usually my strategy is to bet on the team who just fired their coach.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, because that honestly, has seen, I think that, that was two and zero that strategy this yeah. year. Yep. Um, but I mean, you just look at this
1: lions team and, and I do feel kind of bad. Um, because I do like Matt Stafford and I think that, I mean, clearly throughout his career he has he has been a good quarterback and has just had the tour end of the stick with playing for the Lions and different coaching staffs and different pieces around him and things like that. But, I mean, if you just look at this Lions team, Kenny Galladay still hasn't uh, really practiced this week. I'm, I'm trying to look up the injury
0: reports yeah, right now. I got I it, got it I right here for you if you want. Okay,
1: yeah. Well, did he practice on, on Thursday,
0: do you know? So, no, know he, he is he is still not practiced. Uh, right. Kenny is not. Um, yeah, so
1: I really I really don't expect him to uh, be in this game, um, which, you know, it, it, at this point is just really disappointing for kind of his whole season. I think this will be a sixth or seventh game that he missed, and that's just – you just hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also look at DeAndre Swift. They're all excited. They're, they're going to make him their workforce. They're going to get him all these carries. And again, he might not play. Any update on him, Blake?
0: Uh, still has not practiced yet. Yeah.
1: He's just like he isn't great. I mean, obviously there's still a chance, but it just, right
0: he just the really, story really with the Lions. yeah the story with um with DeAndre's he cleared concussion protocol, but has been missing practice due to an illness. So it looks like if he just you know maybe maybe we'll see after the end of Friday's practice he'll probably be active. I'm gonna say he's probably gonna be playing, um, but. He did clear concussion protocol. Now it's just a, an illness that he's dealing with. Okay.
1: And that's great. But at the same time, you're still missing
0: practice all week. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still just going to hurt. Um, and then, I
1: mean, so I, I just don't expect the Lions are going to do much against this Bears defense. Now, when I go to the flip side and I say, am I really going to
2: pick the Bears? <laughs> Minus points. Like, that seems yeah. insane to me. But, I mean
1: the lions they don't have a good defense um and i think regardless of the bears offense i think they have at least some players with Allen robinson david montgomery even they do look a little more alive with mitch out there playing um and then i think i think that the, the defense is going to be able to um get to the quarterback i mean last week the lions gave up four sacks eight QB hits to the texans and the texans don't have a good defense mm-hmm. um and this bears line is going to is going to be a rude awakening for them. So I think they'll be able to score on defense or at least force some turnovers and set up some easy points for the offense. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, um, but I'm going to go with the Bears minus three.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be on the flip side with you here, too. I'm going to take the Lions plus three. Um, Oh,
1: just saying it really
2: made me want to throw up.
0: I know, yeah. (laughs) saying saying Bears minus three. Uh, Yeah, no, so I'm on the Lions here. I'm going to pick them to win. It's just... I, I am riding two things in particular here. One is the new head coach. It's been 2-0 this season. I'm just going to ride that because, um, you know, I think at the very least you catch teams off guard even for the first half of the game. And so if the Lions can get up to a quick start, I mean, think about it first. You know, the, when it was announced that Adam Gase... Uh, wasn't calling the plays for the first half of that Bills game, the entire Bills game, honestly, for that matter. It was a close game, um, and the Jets even were, were doing stuff in the first half on them. So I, I think the new head coach really throws a wrench into everything just when you can't necessarily game plan for how this new... You know, it's, it's the same system, but now he's running the show. It's whatever he wants to do. Matt Patricia seems like a head coach that is very controlling and very demanding over having his eyes on everything. So I believe with him out the door now, they'll maybe be able to throw off the Bears a little bit. Uh, the Bears are a little banged up on defense so far this week. Um, the injury report, Akeem Hicks, uh, limited in practice. He's been missing some time. Khalil Mack has not practiced yet. Um, and, and then the other side of it too, I, I'm betting against Mitch Trubisky. You know, I, I, they keep going back and forth between him and Foles and neither have looked apart. Um, you know, the Bears, I believe, should move on from both of these guys after the season. Um, I just don't buy that. I I, I just it's, it's kind of like what you were saying. I don't want to take the Bears minus anything. I would take them to cover, and honestly, maybe I'm still a little bit pissed at taking them to cover against the Packers on Sunday night um, and, and how that just went complete opposite direction I wanted. But I just, the new head coach, having Mitch still in there as quarterback, I just think that the Lions are going to be able to get things done. I'm betting on the better quarterback here in Matthew Stafford and hoping that, you know, Getting some of these guys back like a DeAndre Swift uh, will we'll go a long way in, in a more balanced offense, even though we know w- this Lions offense without Kenny Galladay is scary. Um, it's not good when Kenny is not out there, um, but I'm just going to say that this is this is kind of one of those reverse ones where the Bears have had a long streak over the Lions. It was with a particular head coach. That head coach is gone, um, and, and, and I just don't want to bet on Mitch Trubisky. That's really it at the end of the day, so I'm going to take the Lions plus three here.
1: Yeah, and and just listening to you talk makes
0: me real scared. <laughs> um, but but I'll hold my guns.
1: I'll stick with the Bears. Perfect. But I mean, yeah, God, it feels
0: terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a line that I feel overly confident about. I mean, both of these yeah. teams have been really bad in the last you know four to five weeks of of football. Um, to be honest with you,
1: I am. Kind of just playing the stats of like, I think the Bears will find a couple more wins. And
0: that's, and that's a good point. you know they're, they're definitely the better roster. Um, they definitely have more talent. I just for some reason just feel like they've they, I feel like they've lost the locker room. Here's where I'm at with, with both of these teams right now. You know, the Lions for the last, however long, it could have been this entire season, have been out on Matt Patricia. They know that that's not the guy. And now they've got the new guy in there, maybe not someone that they overly love, but someone different. It's not Matt Patricia. Whereas the Bears, you start five and one, you go to five and six, you're kind of giving up on the season at that point. So I'm just going to take that the locker room will want to go out there and uh, for Detroit and prove, um, you know, and get a win for their, you know, interim head coach for the time being. And at the end of the day, I'm just. I'm just taking the the storyline of that and and the Lions maybe having more energy, um, you know, to, to turn things around than the Bears do. All right, well, let's yeah. see it. This has become an interesting game. I know, I'm going definitely. To pay lots
1: of
2: attention
0: to <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, let's move on now to uh, to the AFC South. Um, the Indianapolis Colts seven and four ripped apart by the Titans uh, on Sunday. I talked about it on Monday's podcast. I think a lot of things went wrong for the Colts. Uh, you know, they lost. Uh, two of their starting offensive linemen, their left tackle and center, um, on the flip side, defensively, they didn't have, oh, on offense also, they were still missing, uh, Jonathan Taylor as well. Uh, rookie running back defensively, no DeForest Buckner in the middle of the defense. Uh, Phillip Rivers is playing through a foot injury as well. It was just an ugly game. It sucked to watch, uh, but they're still seven and four still currently in the playoffs. They are traveling down to Houston to take on the four and seven Texans. Fun fact, the Texans are 4-3 with Romeo Cornell as their head coach after starting the season 0-4 with Bill O'Brien. Um, Texans had two of their most important players test positive for PEDs, uh, the same PED, and we're both suspended for the rest of the year. Uh, will Fuller and then, oh, the cornerback's name is slipping my head right now. I think it's Ronald Darby. Um, so both of those guys will not be there for Houston. Uh, the Colts are road favorites, 3.5 points, Teddy. Teddy. Make me feel good about the Colts in this game and and, uh, and talk bad about the Texans, please.
1: Yeah, man, I, I got you.
0: All right, um, perfect. <laughs> so, no, listen, here's the
1: thing. The Texans, like you just said, 4-3 and three, um, with their new head coach. And I really, I, I just, I think the Texans have just, like, that potential, at least offensively, because of Deshaun Watson to at any moment, you know, have, a, like, a great game, Um Obviously, their defense makes that a lot harder. But if Deshaun Watson's running around there, you know, keeping the keeping the ball, like um, dominating time possession, things like that, like they they have um, some good pieces. And now that Bill O'Brien's gone, I think it's definitely exciting and an exciting time for Houston. It'll obviously take until next year, but mm-hmm. but I don't want to like completely trash them. But when I look at this team. I really just think that the loss of Will Fuller is going to um, be their demise, at least this week, while they're figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Um, They already can't run the ball. David Johnson's still out. I think he, like, technically could come back this week, but I don't think he's going to. Um, So they're still just relying on Duke Johnson, Um, and... Now, without Will Fuller, they have no one who can really take the top off a defense. So I don't really see this Colts
2: defense, who's been a great unit this year, being all that challenged. I mean, Mm -hmm.
1: obviously, they're going to
2: have to play.
1: um, They're going to have to worry about Deshaun Watson, but I think they'll be able to focus on him without really having to worry about any, like Duke Johnson or anyone on the run game. And then you look, and this passing game is essentially just Cooks and Kiki Kute, (laughs) who was like a fourth or fifth string going into this year, you know? Yeah. So, to me, I mean, this is just pretty simple. I think that the Colts, yeah, their losses have kind of come in inopportune times, but at the end of the day, they're still 7-4. and four. Um, They've still only lost, throw out that first game to Jacksonville, they've lost to Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, who have all been pretty good teams this year. So, right. I'm not panicking on the Colts. I think they are what they are. Um, and I think what they are is a good team who's a lot better than the Texans. And with the Texans and this Will Fuller news and how they're going to have to readjust their offense, I just I, I, I see the Colts being able to take care of it. Um, I think they're simply a better team. So I like the minus three and a half here. But I'm just going to throw out here again, buy that half point. <laughs> yes. Because even last week last with week. the Chiefs, um, yeah. maybe a couple others, you buy that half point, it's going to save you money. You know, You don't want to lose whatever you're betting, $10, $20, $50. You don't want to lose that much just because you didn't buy a half point. Yeah. So, So,
0: um, yeah. whenever those happen, but I
1: like the Colts here.
0: Yeah. Whenever those happen, I always think of you because you always preach it on this podcast. The Chiefs one was obviously the most recent example where that one just uh, was a soul crushing way to end if you didn't take the half point. Um, yeah. Well,
1: and it, and it's just like it's 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 every week for sure. And and for me, what I do is if I see a line with a half point, I just buy it. And then it's like, even if I just hit on one of those, that's 20 extra dollars that I'm not losing that that is paying off all of those, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's just very simple and I really wanna stress that like this is a way that you can minimize your losses and hopefully maximize your winnings, you know, and that's the right. point of this podcast. Exactly. So I just, I really want to, want to focus that for the listeners. Yeah.
0: Smart betting advice with Teddy Pristash. I, I completely agree with you. Um, here, here's my quick analysis on the game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Colts minus three and a half. I, I, I hammered, it, I hammered it earlier in the week at two and a half, right when it was announced Bill Fuller was going to be suspended. Um, I don't have up what the live line is right now. I'm assuming it's going to keep growing as we get closer to Sunday The Colts. Here's what I'll say about them: really banged up this week. It has been a very, um, even beyond just injuries, a very emotional week for the Colts. You know, starting punter um, Rigoberto Sanchez uh, had surgery on Tuesday to remove a cancerous tumor in his body. Um, Surgery went well, so an emotional week there. Injury-wise, they they're just they're really banged up right now, which is bad in the sense of like oh shit they're banged up, but good because hey. The Texans aren't a good team, and so hopefully, we can just sit some of these guys that are fringe. Okay, are they ready to play? Are they not ready to play? um, And kind of get healthy for the rest of this regular season and hopefully into the playoffs. So, um, the Colts, you know, are going to be without Anthony Costanzo. I don't see any reason why they would be able to throw him back in there this week or even next week. Um, They're missing some guys on defense, but as I was saying, they're getting a few guys back, especially, you know, nothing is more important than. Uh, than DeForest Buckner um, on that, on that uh, defensive line. Here's one thing I will say, um, just in case you are thinking any fantasy, daily fantasy, um, it has not been a good year for T.Y. Hilton. It has been a very bad year for T.Y. Him and Phil have not been connected um, at all this year. One thing that T.Y. Hilton has historically done is dominate in Houston. You look at his numbers inside that stadium, they're unbelievable. And now the fact that the the Texans are missing their number one corner as well, too, I think that this might be a sneaky game to get T.Y. involved into the offense. They started to get him more involved last week against Tennessee. He had a touchdown grab, his first one of the season, I believe. Um, And so I think that they're slowly trying to reintegrate him into the offense. I think this would be a good week to get it started. Uh, just something to keep an eye on because I'm I'm assuming he's got to be dirt cheap for Daily Fantasy. Um, I'm talking too much about this game. The Colts are the far better team. Uh, Deshaun Watson worries me, but like you were saying, there's no Will Fuller. There's no DeAndre Hopkins. They got rid of Randall Cobb. They got rid of, uh, who was the other wide receiver? Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. It, it, it's no one now. They have, Deshaun has no one to throw to. So Colts minus three and a half. I love it. All right, let's move on now to another one of the bigger spreads of the week, the 1-10 Jacksonville Jaguars, who are on a 10-game losing streak. They are traveling up to Minnesota to take on the 5-6 Vikings. Vikings are 4-1 in their last five games after starting the season 1-5. You can never say never because this team could still win out and end up 10-6, and who knows what the playoff picture would look like at that point, but... Hard to assume where they're gonna finish this year. Obviously, they gotta take care of, of Jacksonville if they want to, you know, even keep themselves in the playoff hunt. Uh, Minnesota, as I mentioned, on a little bit of a win streak. They got a little lucky against the Panthers. That was a bet last week, Teddy, that pissed me off. Because you were on Panthers plus three, I was on Vikings minus three. The Vikings ended up winning, and, and but you still covered that one, and I ended up losing that pick. So that was a frustrating yeah. one for me to watch. Um, Definitely, and I think,
1: uh, like, watching it, I was like, oh, the Panthers are doing well. And then when they lost, I, I didn't remember if they were plus three or minus three. Oh, yeah. So I just assumed they were minus three, and I had gotten, like, screwed over, and I was, like, also pissed. But then when I found out they were plus three, I was like, all right.
0: Yeah, it worked out in your favor, not in mine. Uh, this game, the spread's a little bit bigger. Vikings minus ten and a half. Teddy, Vikings blow out. Jacks keep it close. What do you think?
1: Yeah, man, I don't know. Um <laughs> Who did the Jags play last
0: week? They uh um, they played the Browns and they kept it close up until the very yeah, end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I took the Jags to cover really simply because I just thought that the spread was I mean I think it was like seven or eight. Yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of big. Um, I don't know, man, but for me, I think that when you look at this Vikings team, I just they they have a lot of just great pieces. You know, what I mean, Kirk Cousins been playing well enough i mean Mm -hmm. obviously they bounce back this season um to get to five and six um justin jefferson looks like an all-star um adam Thielen is coming back early should be coming back from his injury this week then you throw in obviously dalvin cook who can rush for like 200 yards on any given day. um then you go to the flip side and the jaguars you know they're starting mike glennon which is crazy um and and you know I think they really I really just think the Jags are trying to beat out the Jets for for Trevor Lawrence I think that's what their game plan is or else Gardner Minshew would be in these games. Um, hmm. So I don't know I'm definitely scared of the points but I'm just gonna take the Vikings I, I like the way their offense is moving. Um, as I say it though I definitely think the Vikings are due for kind of like a a terrible game so who knows it could be this game and maybe they'll win but but keep it close um so i don't love it but i just i don't really know where i see the jaguars scoring um and i'm just gonna stick with the vikings yeah i'm gonna be Uh, oh these (laughs) big spreads dude Dude, they
0: suck they suck i'm on the flip side with you here i'm on i'm on jags plus plus ten and a half. and if they kept it as close as they did with the browns here's here's something that actually i guess we might differ in opinion a little bit i mike glennon looked way better than Gardner has all season. Uh, in, in the appearances that we've seen him, Glennon seems to be the guy. Um, of course, the Jaguars fire their general manager. They're letting Doug Marone coach out the rest of this season. Uh, Doug's coaching for his job, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, yes, they are, you know, just one or two outcomes away from having that number one overall pick. Uh, but I still think even if they're, they finish number two, They'll take Justin Fields. They won't look back. The Gardner Minshew project didn't work. He's he's done. You know what was so funny at the beginning of the season where it was uh, if you if you use your first round draft pick on Gardner, there was like a Bud Light sponsorship, and if you if you took part in that and you drafted Gardner Minshew in in your first round, I'm sorry, I feel bad for, for you. For fantasy, you mean? Yeah. For oh, sorry. Yeah, for fantasy.
2: That's so funny. Yeah, they had a like, partnership. Got like one free
0: beer. It, yeah, no, it was <laughs> like yeah, if you if you won the championship after drafting Gardner in your first round, you won like this a huge amount of like Bud Light sweepstakes thing. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, for for these teams, Dalvin Cook is limited in practice, but you expect him to play. Um, Adam Thielen, as you said, coming back from the COVID nineteen list, wasn't able to play last week. The, bang, the Jaguars are very banged up, but I think just because... It, look, we talked about this in, the, in uh, one of the earlier games, the Browns-Titans. This is another game where we've got two of the better rush attacks in football, um, of course, with uh, Dalvin Cook and the Vikings, and then James Robinson with the Jaguars. Uh, the Vikings, they're on a little bit of a roll, but they've looked ugly in doing so. They barely beat the Panthers. They lost to the Cowboys the week before. I don't think that they should be double-digit favorites above anybody, so I'm going to take the Jags with the points. Vikings win still maybe by six or seven, but I think to win by 11 is just too much for me.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. God. All right, These t- spreads are just
0: mean. Yeah, let's talk about another mean one. Let's talk about your New York football Jets. Uh, they are taking on hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders with the most frustrating game Last week against Atlanta, um, that just comes with I guess betting on Atlanta or betting against Atlanta. They'll always try and screw you over. Um, yep. they're, they're the Berm- the Bermuda Triangle of 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 NFL bets. You never know what's what's going to happen there. Um, so the Raiders, obviously playing pissed off this week, frustrated with their performance last week, as they're trying to stay in the playoff picture. Um, and you know, as of now, they've fallen out because of teams coming on pot like the uh, like the Dolphins and the Browns of that nature. Um, so they are traveling to take on the 0-11 Jets. The Jets have allowed 284 passing yards per game this season, which is third most in the NFL. Hopefully the Raiders will like to get their pass attack going. Of course, Darren Waller getting Henry Ruggs and Aguilar involved as well. Jets, they're just they're, they're, they're coaching along for that 0-16 season, trying to get Trevor Lawrence so they can can Adam Gase and, and really start anew here um, up in New York. The Raiders are road eight-point favorites. Teddy, are you siding with the Jets here? We've been betting on the Jets the last few weeks. I, I've, I've bet on them to cover twice now. Um, I think it's gone in my favor a couple of times. Um, we didn't bet on them, of course, with the Dolphins, and that ended up playing in our favor as well, too. But how, how do you see them, uh, you know, faring against a a good but inconsistent Raiders team?
1: Yeah, um, so before I dive into this game, I do just want to talk about the Jets for a second. Yeah. Um, Last week, the Jets' offense reached a, an all-time low, which I feel like we say every week.
2: Yeah. But then somehow they they just continue. Um, but it, but it, it's really
1: just difficult to watch because, I mean, these past two seasons have been the story of what seems like, obviously the Jets don't have a good roster, but also even they're good players. They can never just be out on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so. I think one of the big narratives and what a lot of people were excited about maybe including myself was to see Sam Darnold back with with his three starting receivers, Grishad Perriman, Denzel Mims and Jameson Crowder, who, which hasn't happened all season. And I mean, going into the game I was a little I was a little nervous and it turns out that I was correct because Sam just still looked really bad. And and I think anyone who's watching if if you're paying attention to just really any media sources if they talk about the Jets, you you can tell that the play calling it's lacking creativity. To me it's lacking a purpose. There's no like yeah. intent with the plays. They're just like running plays that are bad. Um, and then you add to that Sam Darnold just looks bad. You know, he's 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 not throwing the ball to open receivers. He's he's throwing the ball but just completely inaccurate sometimes, turning the ball over it's, it's just it hasn't been pretty. Um, and I, I hope that Sam can get it together on another team, um, but but it just really has not looked good for him this season. Um, then let's let's talk about this game. I mean, last week both these teams combined scored nine points, so that sucks. But I I do think the Raiders, like you said, they're inconsistent, and I think that they are still good. And and I, mm-hmm. last week is the type of game against the Falcons that to me, I'm just throwing out the game tape. Like, it's one of those games where nothing went right. They did nothing right, you know, and that's not going to happen every week. I think if the Raiders had played the Jets last week, coming off a three-game win streak, scoring over 30 two weeks in a row, I think they would have been 10, 11, 12-point favorites. Um, I think this line is just kind of compensation for the fact they only scored six last week. But I, I don't anticipate the Jets to be doing anything. I don't anticipate the Jets to be able to stop Josh Jacobs or Darren Waller. And then, obviously, um, one of these receivers, Ruggs Aguilar, will probably catch a deep ball um, and, and make some impact. I think the Raiders cover easily here. Um, again, like I said, I think this spread should really be 11-12, 13-14. So, so I'm mm-hmm. going
2: Raiders.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. We're also, we're, we're kind of like you were saying, getting a little lucky that the Raiders... Did shit the bed in Atlanta because it lowered expectations in Vegas, where now we can take advantage of it. Um, the the funniest comment I heard this week uh, from Adam GaSe. There's always I always love hearing little things. He was talking about how he was brought into New York to help uh, develop Sam Darnold and and how it just hasn't been working. And those comments are so funny to me because we take a look in Miami. What he did there and and he had this young quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that he was just trying to develop and then oh, what did it take for Ryan Tannehill to develop? Oh, get away from Adam Gase. He goes to Tennessee. He's been flourishing. Sam could be in a very similar situation next year. He's a he's a a great person. I hope that he can turn his NFL career around once he's removed from Adam Gase. Um, So uh, yeah, I don't have much to add on from what you were saying. The Jets are a very bad football team, one of the worst we've seen this decade. Uh, the Raiders shit the bed last week. They're going to want to put up a lot of points again to get everybody talking about him. Um, John Gruden, I think, is just going to pour it on here, so I'm with you. Raiders, minus eight, lock it in.
1: Yeah, and let me just go off a little bit more, but you, like, you talk about Ryan Tannehill getting away from Gates, and that's the way it's it's been with all of those like Dolphins players. I mean, you look at... Kenyon
2: Drake, who, who yeah. <laughs> obviously has kind of struggled to, to stay healthy these past two years. But when he is available, looks
1: great, you know. And then you look at a guy like Devontae Parker, who, who was drafted in, in these high rounds. I, I don't know exactly which round, but he's drafted near the top of the draft to be this stud. And then a couple of years into his season, into his career, people are burying him, you know, leaving right. him for dead. And now he's one of the most dominant receivers in the league. It's like, it, it, it's just, it, the fact that Adam Gase is in the NFL is is well, just crazy. And every stat backs it up. You look at players once they leave his system. You look at his offenses since he's lost Peyton Manning. You look at his records. It's just like, it's like, what is going on with this guy? You know what I mean? So, no, yeah. I mean, I, I'm happy to ride out the tank, whatever, but right. I'm, I'm
2: it's it's tough to watch every week for sure.
0: Well, and one of the things that that's going to be so interesting to see is we see these head coaches that they get fired and then they still get you know coordinator jobs. You know, the most recent mm-hmm. example is a guy like Jason Garrett, fired from the Cowboys. The Giants immediately make him their OC. I pray to God that there's a that that the NFL doesn't bring him back in as an offensive coordinator. If this no. man really wants to fix his career, he's got to go down a few pegs. Like I don't I don't think any. NFL team should bring him in as a coordinator. Position coach? I mean, what position coach has he really developed throughout his career either? You know, there's not one where I say it's gone well. I just, like, don't
1: see anything that he could bring to the table. I, really, I agree. I don't understand, like, what...
0: What value what, he adds. What would attract you about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, there... It's... Like there's he his offenses are thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second every year. Like it's so bad. That's not good. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see if he ends up anywhere. Yeah. would a college do something? I I have no idea.
1: If you follow Jets beat reporters, they're always saying he should be banned from football
0: fields. <laughs> that would be that should be hilarious. I I hope that he, a team doesn't make the mistake of bringing him back in somewhere, but. Um, let's let's not bash on him for too long. Let's move along now to the next games. We've 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 really crucified Adam Gase over the last year on this podcast. And yeah, well,
1: I'm a Jets fan, and I'd be down to start a new podcast just called "Fuck Adam Gase." Fuck Adam we Gase. Could, we can just talk about Adam Gase.
0: That would be hilarious. We just like and then stalking. also talk
1: about. Let's just throw out Syracuse basketball is so good this year. All right, move on.
0: Wow. All right, I, <laughs> I disagree there, but uh, let's move along. Let's talk about the NFC South for a little bit. Uh, we've got the nine and two New Orleans Saints. Uh, win streak wise, hottest team in football. Um, they awesome. are they are rolling. Uh, still have Taysom Hill at quarterback. They're traveling to Atlanta to take on the four and seven Falcons, who we were just talking about, blew out the Raiders um, a week before that. They had kept things, uh, you know. They had a game against uh, New Orleans that didn't go their way, so they're facing off again. Uh, the story to me isn't the Saints' offense, it's their defense. They've allowed one offensive touchdown since Week 9. Very impressive by the, uh, by the Saints' defense to keep teams out of the end zone. They got a few guys back from injury that's been helping out, you know, a guy on the front line like Marcus Davenport helping. Uh, but Atlanta did seem to find something last week, albeit a very lopsided affair. Uh, The Saints are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. This is a scary line, Teddy. This is a game I don't feel confident about. Where do you see it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have been looking at this game a lot, um, and I'm also not confident because it's the Falcons. Right. (laughs) Um and, and obviously anything can happen. But, but, Blake, do you remember what the uh, Falcon spread was two weeks ago?
0: Yeah, let me check. It was... Yeah, all right, um, you check and I'll talk. Yeah, because... It was Saints minus four.
1: Okay, okay. And they, and, and they covered that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last week we have the Saints, and both of us kind of rode Denver simply because it was plus 16 points. Um, and I don't think right. we anticipated Denver's <laughs> offense to be as inept as it was, which uh. I guess we... Probably should have we known should have. with yeah. not a real quarterback playing. That's pretty important. Yeah, but for me, I, I, I don't know, man. I, obviously, the Falcons play with Moxie; they can do anything um, and and surprise anyone. But I just, I, I, I don't think that the Saints should only be a two and a half point favorite. Um, it, w- while I'm saying that, at the same time, I'm still scared to take that line. Um, so I am gonna pick the Saints here. Um Sean Payton is just like Ben I think this is one of his best coaching performances. I mean you look at these last seven or these last two years, they have played seven games without Drew Brees and are seven mm-hmm. and zero and seven and zero against the spread. Yeah. Like that's wild, you know? So so what I think I'm gonna do, the money line is is at minus one fifty right now. I think I'm just gonna take that and, and ride with the Saints and just hope they can win. Um, but I am going to take Saints minus two and a half here for the, for the podcast. And it's interesting because like I said, I think that the spread should be bigger, but I'm still just like very nervous about this game. I've just been looking at it, thinking about taking it and I haven't pulled the trigger yet, Mm -hmm. but, but I I do think I'm going to pull on Saints money line. I just think they're better than the Falcons. And I think that they, they want to continue to dominate. Yeah. By the way, almost like every pick, like as I'm saying it, i think about changing my mind. So this, <laughs> yeah. has been a crazy this,
0: this week is a very confusing one. I will say there are a lot of lines that I second guessed as well. Um, with this one, I'm on the flip side of, of you. I, I'm taking the Falcons plus two and a half. Simply uh, a flip of the coin here saying that I believe that the Saints at some point are going to have to stop rolling teams. Yep. Um, I, I think one thing to consider, we two weeks ago was the first time we saw Taysom Hill as a full-time quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And it wasn't pretty but they got the win. Then the following week against Denver, Taysom Hill was really bad in that game. Really bad. Like so bad. And it was just because, as you were saying, the Broncos actually had one of the worst quarterback situations in the history of the NFL that they couldn't get things going. So I am sort of selling on now that the Falcons had a week to see, or have had two weeks now, to see what the offense will look like with Taysom Hill. Um, and I'm just going to take the fact that I think the Falcons – Offense will be able to put up some points. I think maybe they've got things rolling a little bit now after that win last week. I'm just, it's, I don't feel confident about it, but I'm flipping the coin and saying that I think the Falcons are going to end up winning this one. And the Saints, I'm just saying that at some point it's got to stop rolling. At some point, you're not going to go undefeated without Drew Brees forever. And I'm just picking this to be the game where it, 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 you know, goes in the favor of Atlanta. God,
1: what a week.
0: Man. Yeah, I'm like, and, and it's not getting, getting any better. It's these, not getting any better. These picks through. have been crazy. We've, we've still got a lot of games as we move down the line that I'm very terrified about. So, um, Speaking Jesus. of one of those, really interesting game uh, for the NFC West here as I'm slowly <laughs> pulling it up on my computer. Here we go. So we've got the 7-4 LA Rams. Ted, I'm getting a little feedback on your end. I don't know if you have any. Mm, I'll try to fix it okay gotcha so um so just to talk about this game a little bit the Rams coming into this one seven and four uh really frustrating loss for them last week against the 49ers um, the 49ers I guess now four games in a row over the Rams this I, I I'm chalking that game up to just Kyle Shanahan right now knows how to defend Sean McVeigh and I also want to take Robert Sala knows how to uh, dominate Sean McVay's offense. That's just what I'm chalking it up to at this point. I'm just saying that kind of like Brian Flores owns Sean McVay, I think that Robert Sala, who is going to be – Ted, I'm predicting it officially on this podcast. He'll be the next head coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Grew up in Detroit. Hottest head coaching candidate. I think he would love to go back there. Went to college in Michigan. Putting it right out there, he's going to be the next head coach for the Lions. Um, He is going – they they just I'm chalking that game up as to they just they know how to defend Sean McVay, um, the Rams seven and four still in the wild card spots. They are taking on the Arizona Cardinals who are sitting at six and five still. If the season ended today, would be in the playoffs. But as I said all year, I think they really benefited from a strong first half of their schedule. Now it's getting a little bit more complicated, and the losses are starting to pile up a little bit. The Rams are 6-0 against Arizona in the Sean McVay era, dating back to 2017, and they open up as three-point road favorites. Teddy, what's your breakdown on this one?
1: Yeah, um, so last week, obviously, like you said, Rams lost to the um,
2: what are their names? 49ers. The 49ers. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I agree. I have it right here.
1: I McVay, they're four and zero against the Niners. These or zero and four against the Niners. I think he just loses to Shanahan, and I'm 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 just I'm not going to let that scare me away from the Rams team here.
2: Right.
1: Um, and then when you look at the Cardinals, um, I think you have it exactly right. They started five and two, um, and now they're really getting into that me of their schedule that like these like good teams that you you've been talking about since week one um and they're one one hail mary like prayer of a play away from being on a four game losing streak Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i
2: still do like the cardinals but i just don't think that their defense is
1: is playing up to par and then the offense still is kind of just um figuring it out they 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 haven't I mean they scored 17 last week against New England 21 the week before that against Seattle you would you would hope that they would with Kyler and DeAndre and even Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds you would be hoping that they um they would be able to score more points now granted they are getting a little healthier with Kenyon Drake coming back and things like that but for me I just think that I think that the Cardinals are what they are and I think that you have it exactly right that this part of the season is kind of just going to crush them um so I'm going to go with the Rams here minus three I think these um these trends that we have with McVeigh are kind of interesting
2: because like Mm -hmm. what'd you just say he's six and oh against the Cardinals
1: yep um he's lost four in a row against the the 49ers like I think it's interesting how he is how it's like very similar throughout and it's not going back and forth yeah um so I'm just going to keep riding that, and I, I do just want to talk about the uh, the Cardinals here. They have to play the Rams twice, the Giants, the Eagles, and the 49ers. Um, I think the Cardinals are better than the Eagles, but I mean, that Giants game, the Giants have been playing a lot better. Who knows? And then I think that they're going to drop both games to the Rams and San Francisco, so I think they're going to finish the season out 8-8, eight and eight, kind of be a disappointing yeah. letdown of a season. Um so yeah, I'm riding the Rams. I'm kind of off the Cardinals at this point of the season.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you taking Rams minus three. Um, I talked about it before passing over to you. I just I, the Rams to me, going into San Fran, I, I was still thinking that they are kind of my team that I see just at least making it to the NFC title game. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think they are just one of the more complete teams. Um, if they can get Whitworth back at left tackle, that's going to be huge, but I don't know how long, if they've already ruled him out for the season or not, if he could come back in the playoffs, that'd be phenomenal. Um, I think they, yeah,
1: I, I thought that he was out for the season, but I guess now that you say it, I'm, I'm not
0: exactly sure. Right. I think they that, would be huge for that there could be a chance that he returns. Um, and, and then I think their defense, uh, they've got, you know, the best one, two punch in football on defense. You got Aaron Donald up front and Jalen Ramsey on the back end. Um, their defense has been extremely impressive this year. Um, I think that they'll be able to, like you said, take care of the Cardinals pretty easily. I'm going to take a minus three. Um, and yeah, both of these teams I think are, are trending in opposite directions right now. I think the Rams are just about to start getting hot. Um, and I think the Cardinals are, are, like you said, probably in that eight and eight, maybe nine and seven range, which could still get them in the playoffs. You know, the NFC playoff picture isn't as uh, deep as the AFC is right now. So the Cardinals, nine and seven, eight and eight, might still be able to make it in, especially with that extra wild card spot. So. Could still be a playoff team, but definitely won't be as uh, impressive of a stretch after how hot they started off the season. Um, but glad to see us both on the Rams there. Uh, moving on now to the other team uh, that is in the uh, NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. They are hosting the New York football Giants. Seahawks 8-3, and three, Giants 4-7. and seven. Seattle has won four straight games against the Giants. They are 10-point favorites at home. Teddy, you know that I love the Giants. Um, I know mm-hmm. that you love the Seahawks. So break this one down for me.
1: Yeah, um, and, and I do know that you love the Giants, and, and I was riding with you, and I was enjoying it because they have they have just played great. Their defense has played a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been doing what they need to do to win. But
0: it, is, Daniel Jones is going to be out, correct? Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, so... so that, I
1: think, is going to hurt them. I mean, Colt McCoy didn't look like the worst ever, but mm-hmm. it, it's just a new quarterback has, hasn't seen the field in a long time. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. Um, and I do, I really want to talk about the Seahawks, because as you know, I love the Seahawks. Early in the season, they were my Super Bowl pick, um, which is kind of I haven't felt as confident in. They started 5-0, and then after, coming off their bye, they lost 3-4. But I really think it's important. The defense is getting a lot healthier. Um, I mean, people love to, my Jets fans on Twitter love to uh, come after Jamal Adams
2: and, and I do too. They, they want to strut their stuff and act like this has been like some trade that we like we like tricked
1: them into trading for Jamal Adams. Like Jamal Adams is really good and he really helps the Seahawks defense. And you saw that last game.
0: Um, He's the best pass some rusher. And then have other guys who have come back and, and are healthy, and that defense is playing a
2: lot better. They were the worst defense in history at
1: the beginning of the year, and they're playing a lot better. Um, and then I also, you look at the offense, and the offense had some their struggles too, and I think what they were kind of struggling with is this whole balance of running the football and letting Russ cook. And when Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde were both out, it was really hard for them to do that. And, mm-hmm. and it was easy for teams to kind of just – um like bring a pass rush and and get to ross and force mistakes and i just don't think they're going to be able to do that the same with carson carson played limited snaps last week but looked really good was making a lot of plays and and carlos hyde is just a great they're just a great one-two punch
2: Mm -hmm. um so i really think the seahawks are going to um
1: are just going to keep it rolling. I think this is where they're going to find a groove in the season. They got the Giants, the Jets, and um, the football team coming up, um, so I think they're going to go on a little roll here. Um, and I'm going to go with them minus ten. I just, I, I, I don't they see the Giants doing anything, especially without Daniel Jones. And I see the Seahawks rolling.
0: How dare you? How dare you shit yeah. on my Giants like that? I'm, I'm on the flip side. I just think ten is too many points. Um, so you, you were talking about the defense, and I, I, I just have to disagree just because they haven't been playing good teams when they've been, quote-unquote, on this role. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the Eagles are not a good offense at all, and that was too close of a game. The Seahawks, to me, just, they can't really, I, I'm going to pull up their schedule now to see the last time, or the, the amount of times that they've, like, dominated a team um so let me just pull this up real quick because i just i don't buy and that's the thing that's going to piss me off the most is because you were saying look at their schedule they've got the giants this week the jets and then the washington football team um so they're going to go and they're going to say okay this defense has figured it out but those are some of the worst offenses in football so you know i I think you know 17 to the eagles they only won by six the cardinals divisional game rams divisional game Um, so, you know, they've, they've been allowing under 30 points for three weeks in a row now, but I just don't see this being that big of a blowout. I think that the Giants are better than the Eagles. And I think the Eagles, albeit a very surprising late cover, I think that game was way too close for me to have confidence in this Seahawks defense. And I think that the Giants are Way better coached, I I think, just uh, from a schematic standpoint and just a a people buying into the system point. I think they're way um, way better coached than Doug Peterson has his Eagles team going. Um, I still think the Seahawks are going to win this one. I'll be honest, I probably am, just for shits and giggles, going to put a little bit on the Giants' money line here just for fun. Um, But I do think that the Giants are going to keep it within single digits. And... um, surprisingly even without Daniel Jones I feel pretty good about it. I the last time that we saw Colt McCoy in Washington it wasn't that bad um, and so I, I don't I don't necessarily love the talent that's going to be around him and obviously Daniel Jones is an upgrade but I think that I think that people are I, I think right now the public is too high on the Seahawks for me still um, and I think they're still too low on the Giants so I'm, I'm just gonna take the Giants to maybe lose by six or seven here.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I do just want to say we have four games
0: that are double-digit point spreads. Yep. And I have picked the favorite
2: on three of those four.
0: Yep. we haven't so, gotten to the fourth yet, so. <laughs> so, number one,
1: that sucks. And number two, we got the Chiefs-Broncos coming up. That's Chiefs minus 13.5. I'm just going to tease that because I know that all the listeners are dying to know if I'm going to go 4-0 or if I'm going to... Uh, change it up. So, yeah, so far games,
0: I'll give you that pick. Yeah, so far I've only picked the Dolphins as the favorite by double digits to win, so we will see on that one. Um, God, I hate football. Yeah, really, really uh, frustrating line to take a look at with this next one. We've got the New England Patriots traveling out west to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Patriots 5 and 6. They get the win over the Cardinals. The Patriots, I don't know what the fuck to make out of them. They're, they're extremely well coached. Bill Belichick is the GOAT. But the the team looks bad. They just win ugly. That's what it is at this point. Cam has not been good. Um, you know they've got guys that have just been massive disappointments on offense in Nikhil Harry and Sony Michelle. Meanwhile, they've had other guys step up like Jacoby Myers and uh, oh Harris. What's his first name? Damian Harris. Damian Harris step up. But it, it's just been ugly. There hasn't been a win for the Patriots where I say okay they looked really good in that game. They always just win ugly or they lose. Um, and they're traveling out West to take on the LA Chargers. Uh, New England is averaging 20.8 points per game this season, which is the fewest since 2000. This line, when we locked it in, was Patriots minus one. I've seen somewhere now where it's Chargers minus one. You saw it where it was a pick'em game. Super confusing game. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, man. Um, this, Patriots, this Patriots
2: team has been an interesting one for sure. Yeah. Um, but I
1: think, I mean, going back to to the beginning of the season, I think that I have just had more confidence in this Patriots team to turn it around than you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really do just think, like, it comes down to the coaching of, of Bill Belichick. And, yeah, like, every week I say, wow, could Cam Newton be playing worse, yeah. like throwing <laughs> the ball? Like, he, he – <laughs> every stat line that I see is, like, six of 15 for 30 yards and a pick, but then he's, they're still like winning the game. Like I think last week he had two interceptions, no touchdowns, but then with, with his running ability and and just the ugliness of the game, they're still able to win. Um, For me, I just think the Patriots are just going to be able to, to keep that up at least against the bad teams. And the chargers have just continued to lose games. Um, The more that I watch them, the more I see your point about
2: Anthony Lynn, he really, really is just, (laughs) I I think you ranted about this on one of your podcasts uh, this week, Yeah. but he really just, like, does not know what he's doing with the clock, which is very frustrating if you are a
1: fan or just (laughs) betting on them, Um, and... I just I, I i do think that Anthony Lynn is a good coach, but I think he's just a bad fit, and maybe just needs to be like a defensive coordinator or something like that. I don't know, um, but, but I just I, I like the Patriots. I think that Bill Belichick is going to be able to to continue to win these ugly games, mm-hmm. and I also just want to talk for a sec about this whole like Brady versus Belichick thing that yeah. obviously will happen until until they are both retired, mm-hmm. um, but. But Bruce Arians said the other day that like, they call the play- plays that Brady likes, which I don't know how much I buy that. But yeah. if that's the case, that's definitely an interesting like, change of, of dynamic for what's going on in uh, Tampa Bay. And then I think you turn around and you look at what I remember is a lot of times Bill Belichick would kind of force Tom Brady to do things that maybe he didn't necessarily want to do. But then that would still, in turn, lead to wins. Which and who knows? Maybe I'm just getting a little too deep. But I, I just do think it's interesting, and I think that regardless of whether it's whether they won all those championships because of Brady or because of Belichick, Belichick is the greatest coach we've ever seen. Yep. Um, at least in our lifetime. And minus one against the Chargers, that's just that's that's too easy for me. So
0: right. But wasn't it... Me all the Patriots. Wasn't it too easy to take the Patriots over the Texans, too? I,
1: I don't really think so. But you know what was easy for me was taking the Patriots over the Ravens. Like, yeah. like, some of these teams who can like put up points and have explosive offenses, like that's where I get nervous. And I guess the Chargers can't do that. Well, you... But I just, I don't really see it, dude. I really don't. And I think that they're just going to continue to win these ugly,
2: ugly, ugly games.
0: Right. This was the toughest game for me to pick, honestly, because there's so many things to consider. The first being what I said earlier. New England averages 20.8 points per game this season, which is the fewest in 20 years. The Chargers, the one thing that they do is put up points. You know, (laughs) Justin Herbert's been fantastic. On the flip side of that, Bill Belichick historically has owned rookie quarterbacks he just throws stuff that they've never seen in their lives before confuses the hell out of them that being said Justin Herbert has been he's going to go down with the 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 most historic rookie season for for an NFL quarterback in NFL history he's on pace to break every record so it's like okay how much has he already figured out how legit of a QB is he maybe he doesn't need to maybe he won't be phased by seeing Bill Belichick's defense for the first time and then the nail in the coffin is what you said earlier. This is a game that has Bill Belichick going up against Anthony fucking Lynn. And at the end of the day, I, I can't bet on Anthony Lynn as a head coach over Bill Belichick. The line scares me that it's only one. The line scares me that it's been moving to a pick'em or where the Patriots are now underdogs. I I, I got to hammer the Patriots on this one. Minus one. I just, I like you said, I think they'll win ugly. I don't think it'll look good. But if you're telling me that I have to go into into a game betting on Anthony Lynn and betting against Bill Belichick, I'll be sick to my stomach for 60 minutes. So I am going to take the Patriots minus one here. Um, I would love to bet on Herbert. I would love to see him do well against Bill because I I think he's had a phenomenal season. Um, But I think he can afford one bad game this year and still win rookie of the year. So I think that that's where he's at. I just – if – God forbid. If this game – here's what will piss me off more than anything. The Chargers win this game – and then maybe they stretch in another win or two before the end of the year and they keep Anthony Lynn and they say, well, he had a few impressive wins out there. That's what will piss me off more than anything. So I guess I need to root for the Chargers to lose out this year. I need to root for a 3-13 and season. Um, and so doing that, I'm going to go Patriots minus one. And I kind of love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'll just throw out right there, this is going to be probably my favorite bet of the week or at least one of the three. Yeah. Um, and I do, just, just to kind of ease your mind about, I you look at this Chargers' schedule, and I, like you said, the, the Justin Herbert has had an all-time rookie season, but their only wins have been against the Bengals week one, Jacksonville, and against the Jets, mm-hmm. who are kind of the bottom of the barrel of this league. Right. Um, and then every other game, last week was the first time that it wasn't a one-point
2: uh, or a one-possession lost mm-hmm. and i think that is a reflection of coaching i mean yeah obviously games come down to players and who plays and how well they play but especially these close games like that's
1: where your coaching wins so if i think that this game is going to be a one possession game with five minutes left it, it is no question bill belichick
0: for me yeah. you know what i mean yeah so yeah i can't i can't bet on anthony lynn and against bill belichick in the same game i can't do it yeah um, all right, so really uh, interesting spread here as well, too. One that is kind of a little frustrating for me as I try to work my way through it. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off of that uh, defeat in Seattle on Monday night. Um, just an ugly season for them. Uh, 3-7-1 and now. Still could make the playoffs, I guess. Uh, but it, it, it looks pretty rough in, in Philly right now. They're traveling to take on the Green Bay Packers, who are eight and three. They just destroyed Chicago in the first half of that game. I know the Bears were able to put up some points in the second half, but that was because the Packers uh, took their foot off the gas. Um, the Packers are eight point favorites. Green Bay is 11 and two at home going back to 2019, which is the best win percentage in the league during that span. Eight points is a lot. But the Eagles are bad and the Packers are good. Teddy, what do you think?
1: Yeah, let me ask you, Blake. What do you think I'm going to pick?
0: You're going to pick the Packers.
1: Yeah, you want to know why? Because I hate the Eagles. (laughs) I think they are the worst. And I think, well, really I think that Carson Wentz is the worst, which is unfortunate because I do feel bad for the guy. And I can't even imagine what I would do if I had, like, an MVP season, led
2: my team to the playoffs, like, and playing so great, and then get injured, and then the backup wins the Super Bowl, like, I would not even know what to do. But, I don't like Carson Wentz. I don't think Doug Peterson is a great coach.
1: I, their offensive line is so banged up that they can't use their best player, which is Miles
2: Sanders. So, I think he had, like, six carries last week, or five carries. Yeah. like minuscule amount of touches plus you throw in I mean yeah he did have like three or four drops but but it's just I don't I don't see any way that this Eagles team is is good at all um, and the Packers their defense is weak against the run but again you're they're playing against
1: the B team, maybe the C team of this of this offensive line mm-hmm. um, So I just think the Packers are gonna dominate this game. Minus eight, sure. Maybe it's a trap. Maybe maybe the Eagles find a way to cover here, but there's just absolutely zero chance I would bet on the Eagles. And honestly, there's a slim chance I would bet against the Packers. So I like this at minus eight.
0: Yeah, this was I I, it, I spent too much time thinking about this one, um, and I kind of just ended up with with the same thought process that you did. the The thing that just worries about the Packers is, you know, they lose they win by four against the Jaguars at home. They lose to the Colts by three on the road. Uh, what are some of the other games? I mean, the the Buccaneers game where they lost by twenty eight. Yeah, the Vikings um, game they dropped. Yeah, there's there's so many games in here that you just go wait. What are the Green Bay Packers? Um, but as you were saying, I just I gotta expect that the Packers will win this one by at least eight. I don't love it. Um, also, the Eagles are getting a little bit healthier. Zach Ertz may be back. Uh, but I don't think that that's a significant upgrade enough. They've also been having some weird... The relationship between Zach Ertz and the Eagles has been a very rocky one this year, where I believe Ertz wants to play elsewhere after this season. So something to monitor as well, too, how they will utilize him now that he is healthy. Um, But I I just... I I can't bet on the Eagles right now. I can't. they, They got me lucky last week when they covered, but they have looked awful. The Packers need to really keep pace if they want. Th- th- there's one buy. There's one team that gets a buy in the playoffs this year, and they're in the race to get it. The Saints have it right now. They're going to want to keep their foot on the gas through the rest of the regular season to try and get that bye week because, hey, fun fact, I think it goes back now till uh, 2010. Every team that has made the Super Bowl since 2010 had that first round buy. So I know yeah. it's a little bit different this year since only one team gets it, but... I like my odds a lot better if I have a week of rest in the playoffs. So, Packers are—it's more important than ever to get that bye week. Um, I think that the pack, the Packers are going to pour it on here. I'm going to take a minus eight. There was a little bit of time where I was thinking Eagles would cover just because they're that frustrating team that shouldn't be hanging around and somehow you know keeps it close. But I'm just—I'm going to go with the—I'm uh, going to go with the Packers here, just like you are yeah and and I, I just I think this is a good opportunity, especially we got the Chiefs game coming up next. Yeah. Um, but I think this is that point of the season. What are we in week twelve, week thirteen? Yeah, um, so like these
1: these teams, and sure, every team's gonna lose games. Every team is gonna show us things that that worry us. Every team is gonna be inconsistent at times. But now is this time to like really, okay, guys, like, we we, we kind of know who we are we know who these other teams are and we really got to like lock in and and start getting this thing rolling if we want to if we want to have a real chance you know cuz like momentum is everything um and that, again that first round bye is obviously so important so for me for a lot of these teams that we're kind of worried about like take the Seahawks for example Take maybe um, like the Rams, maybe even the Saints. Like a lot of these teams, it's going to be really important for them to get their get get things together and kind of put to rest those those things that they're worried about, or at least attempt to. Um, and with teams like the Packers, who are led by veteran leadership with Aaron Rodgers, who's one of not or one of the best, if not the best, like pure talent quarterbacks ever. I, I just think that these are going to be the teams that you can rely on to, to do that, and especially when you're taking up against a bad team, I just think, I think this is the kind of, uh,
0: the point of the season where I feel more confident that's like this. Of yeah. course, who knows, maybe that'll bite me in the ass, but, right. but this, this is the time for these these good teams who
1: are a little inconsistent to
2: really show us who they are.
0: Yeah, hey Ted, just real quick, because I, I find this very interesting, you said on the big spreads that you've so far taken all the double-digit ones... Uh, look a little bit further into those details you haven't picked an underdog yet oh God this again yep so we're here again we've got four games left so let's see how this one goes you talked about it double digits the Denver Broncos four and seven traveling to take on the Kansas City Chiefs the Chiefs have won 10 straight games against Denver they have also not they've lost one game since the middle of last regular season um, Ted I don't know where you stand with me because to me I, I hate to see it injuries aside, to me, the season is over. There's one team that is just leaps and bounds ahead of everybody, in my opinion. I know we like to think of the NFL as way more competitive. To me, I think that, you know, the Chiefs are winning a lot of these games by single digits. I think they're not – I think they're taking their foot off the gas. You know, that game against Tampa was a blowout. You know, it was a blowout in the first half, so they kind of just were like, okay, well, let's just hold it back a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that the Chiefs are just the far and away the best team in the league right now. Um This game itself, as you mentioned, the Chiefs are 13.5-point favorites, so we need the Chiefs to win by two touchdowns to cover. Your thoughts, Teddy? You've gone with three double-digit favorites so far. How do you see this one going in Kansas City?
1: Yeah, 13.5 is a lot, Um, and especially you are right with the way that these Chiefs have been playing. Um, That is kind of what they do. They 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 get a big lead and it, like, feels like a blowout and then they'll let the other team kind of climb back in and cover. mm mm-hmm. um, but, but I do agree with you. I think I think that the, the only way that the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl this year is if they just, like, beat themselves one game. Well, right. I really don't even know. I mean, look at the playoffs last year. Like, they're down by 10 in every game. But no one has the firepower that they do.
0: No one. And you know when they need points, they're gonna get them. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It,
1: their offense is unbelievable, and that's why I just have to back them here. So I think I'm just going to ride the favorites this week. <laughs> um, and again, this, this is one of those spreads that's like, it's so easy to get screwed over, but at the same time, I expect the
0: Chiefs to just do what they do, which is just score and score and score, you know? Right. And I just don't really think the Broncos, I mean, yeah, they get their QBs back. Do you know who the starter is going to be? Is it going to be Locke? Yeah, yeah, they're going to go to Locke. Okay. Yeah. Good. So. So. Yeah. And I mean, Drew Lock is what it is. I don't know, man. I don't love this game just because thirteen and a half is too big. But I just I have to ride the Chiefs. I just think they're so much better than every other team. Yeah. No, I agree with and you. Let's just talk about Tyreek
1: Hill. Two hundred three yards in one
0: quarter. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! That that it's it, They've got so much. Um, it, it's it's so much fun to watch the Chiefs at this point. You feel bad for the opponents that they just. It, because if, even if you try and shut down Tyreek, then that opens up Travis Kelsey. And if it, you know, if you try and shut down – you can't shut down both of them, but there's so many other options as well too. And then Mahomes is obviously um, historically going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. And, yeah, and mix that with Andy Reid. It's not fair. It's not fair. And so one thing that I was saying, a lot of teams have been hanging around the Chiefs, but also we got to take a look at the quality of those teams – so last week, it was the Buccaneers, a good football team. The Raiders have beaten the Chiefs once and also lost by four. They're a good team that is still in the playoff hunt. The Bills kept it in single digits. Uh, the, let's see, the Chargers in week two only uh, lost by three. And then the Panthers are the other team that kept it close. Um, when the Broncos played the Chiefs the first time, it was 43-16. to I just don't see a situation in which it doesn't go like that. Uh, so I'm just I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I originally had written down the Broncos, but just thinking through it, the, the Chiefs aren't going to stop and taking a look at how they went last time. Um, you know, the the Chiefs defense did well against the Broncos offense, um, you know, really shut down Jerry Judy in that one. Hamler didn't have a big game. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna go another big victory for the Chiefs here. Um, so glad to see we're both on the side of that one, Ted. We got three games left. I'll be intrigued to see if you take an underdog in this one. Um, so let's move on now to the Washington football team, four and seven. Uh, looked really impressive against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. This game was originally going to be Sunday, but they've moved it to uh, right. They've moved it to Monday, right? Yeah, it's Monday at 5 p.m. Um they are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers who just had a narrow victory over the Ravens on Wednesday um which Wednesday football threw me for a loop like it 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 was so weird watching an NFL game actually at 3:40 Oh I, I I was just like I was working still and I was watching the game. it just it it felt weird um, yeah. so the Washington football team traveling to Pittsburgh Washington 4 and 7 Steelers 11 and 0 Ben Roethlisberger throughout his career, 4-0 against Washington. Pittsburgh is 8-point favorites. Teddy, uh, break this one down for me. Yeah, I mean, this, the Steelers, I think like
2: probably everyone who listens to this podcast, um, and really just sports fans in general, have probably
1: all seen that that graphic on like Instagram or whatever yeah. of the Steelers and, and their schedule that they've gone through to get to um, 11-0, and which really has just been lots of bad quarterbacks lots of backups lots of like weird rescheduled games
2: like they, they've just had quite the season um and yeah give them all the credit for being 11 11 and 0 but they kind of been playing
1: these like cupcake teams um but i don't really think this week's all that different i think sure the the football teams won two in a row but that was against dallas and cincinnati who i don't really have a lot of confidence in um i think the steelers they just have too many pieces on offense, and they just have uh, too good of a defense. So I'm going to ride with the Steelers minus eight. Wow. Of course, like
0: Monday Night Football would be the uh, the time to blow it, but I don't know. I I just I, I see them continuing to roll just because of the schedule. Maybe I'll pick against them next week. Um, whoever they play, then oh, they got the Bills next, so they got a really oh, yeah, sure. really Bills fun matchup. Yeah, so yeah, dude. I don't know what's wrong with me in the favorites this week. They got uh, all I, of them. Like, you like I all, all the, of them. Well, perfect. So I, I'm on the flip side. I take Washington plus eight. I think that just looking through their schedule, one thing of note: this is by far the best pass rush that the Steelers' offense is going to have to face. Big Ben took a couple of big shots uh, against Baltimore. I, one thing that I, I I've been harping on them the entire season: they're the least impressive 11 and 0 team I think I've ever seen. I the the teams that they, they the between the schedule and then how close they've let some games stay. I like I get it. Mike Tomlin is one of those guys. That he doesn't care about blowouts. He just wants to win. He doesn't care about this team, you know, looking impressive or trap games. He just wants to win. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. Big Ben is a two time Super Bowl champ himself. So I, I don't want to say that this team is is like you know awful. They're a good football team, um, but I think eight points is too much against this pass rush. And I kind of am, am flirting a little with the idea of liking Washington a, a little bit, at least as they get closer to the divisional race. I'd say right now, if you had to give me one team to win the NFC East, I'd say the Giants. If you gave me the option to say two, I would probably say Washington would be next. I really love their front seven. Um, and, and, Alex and I would Smith, definitely agree with that. I, I think the Eagles and the, the Cowboys have just looked bad, while which the is, other teams have been, have been putting it together. Which is hilarious, because if you think at the beginning of the season, everybody was saying, okay, well, it'll be the Cowboys or the Eagles. Right. And now we've got these other two teams that I guess have been looking better um, than those two in the last few weeks. So um, I'm going to ride that Washington has some offensive momentum going. I don't think they're going to win, but I think this could be a, an ugly win for Pittsburgh, as we've seen them do several times this year. So I'm on the flip side. I take Washington plus eight, but I still like the Steelers to win. All right, So right. Uh, I'm stressed. Yeah, really, I, I'm interested to see where you go with this one. we got a real fun Monday night football game. A lot of weird action on the line uh, since this opened up. The Buffalo Bills at 8-3 and three are traveling out west to take on the, uh, I guess we can call them the Arizona 49ers uh, for the time being. They'll be playing the rest of their regular season in Arizona for home games. Um, so the 49ers and the Bills facing off. Bills 8-3, 49ers 5-6, and six, an impressive win for uh, the 49ers this past week over the Rams despite Missing a lot of guys. Debo Samuel is back. Brandon Ayuk is back. So an exciting uh, time for their offensive weapons at the very least. Uh, Fun fact about Buffalo, they've lost four straight games on Monday Night Football. I believe the most recent was when they fell to the Chiefs, I believe. I believe that was a Monday Night Football game. Yep. Um, And so uh, that game will be um, an interesting uh, one to watch here. We locked it in as the Bills minus one. I went to go bet this game yesterday, or I guess uh, it might have even been last night, and it had flipped to 49ers minus one. So a lot of action on this one, but we locked it in at Bills minus um, one. Teddy, I- I've got, uh, I'm have got i seeing the public all over the 49ers here. How do you feel about this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bills have been a weird team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they're sitting at eight and three. Things have gone well, but I it, it, Really just like dissect their, their schedule here for a second. They start 4-0. and um, I mean, all like
0: good wins, uh, like close games, but good wins. Then they lost that COVID game on that Tuesday to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Lost to Kansas
1: City, which, you know, it's the Chiefs. Then they go to the Jets. They kind of underperform, still get the win. Go to the Patriots, kind of underperform, still get the win. Then they go to Seattle. Offense is dominating, but still give up 34 points drop one to Arizona because of a Hail Mary and then last week was like the ugliest uh, oh. the ugliest 10point win I've ever seen you so know because you look oh well they won 2717 but the, the the turnovers in that game the end of the game it was just it was ugly 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 um, but but I really I just still believe in them and and I mean the 49ers have been this like frisky team who've been kind of like screwing me with all season Um they're injured but they still are like winning some of these games and blah 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 i don't know dude i just think the bills are better mm-hmm. i think that the 49ers have to deal with their injuries and i think of course coaching can help that but the bills are also a well-coached team and i'm hoping which is this is weird for me to say but i'm hoping that the bills can start to put together
2: some like complete performances yeah um to finish the season and go into the playoffs
1: strong um so I'm I'm going Bills minus 1. I mean, the Bills would be on a 5-game winning streak if if not for that Hail Mary against the Cardinals. Similar to how the Cardinals would be on a 4-game losing streak, the Bills would be on a winning streak. So, I'm just going to take them to roll. I I I just I think they're a better team.
2: I think you look at the quarterback situation for both teams. I just I, I like the Bills, man.
0: Yeah, I like the Bills too. It's this is a as someone who just loves to watch great coaches go against each other. Uh, not only do we have two of the better head coaches in the NFL in, um, in excuse me, Sean McDermott and and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, we also have two coordinators that are going to be head coaches next year. That I that I just I love what they've done in the last few years. Robert Sala, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I believe he'll be the head coach in Detroit um, by by you know sometime this off season. I think that's a no-brainer hire. He's been one of the better defensive coordinators in football the last few years. Meanwhile, for the Bills, offensively, Brian Dable has done an amazing job uh, building up the career of Josh Allen and aiding him a lot. Their offensive scheme is one of the more fun ones to watch, especially when they get in some uh, four, four wide receiver sets. I believe that if he, you know, depending on how many openings there are, he'll be a head coach within the next two seasons. So really excited to watch this game just schematically. It's going to be very fun. I'm just taking the fact that the Bills have more to play for right now. Um, I believe that if Miami does get the win over Cincinnati, the pressure is still on the Bills to hold on to this division, um, and so I think they've got more to play for right now. The 49ers, they beat the Rams, but their their season really isn't going anywhere. This isn't going to be a team I believe that could win, you know, win out, finish the season 10 and six, and sneak into a wild card spot. I just don't see that happening, um, and I'm just going to buy into I believe that the Bills have more to play for. It's only one point. And I just think that they're the better team. And like you were saying, they need to start showing 60 minutes of good football for me to actually believe in them. And so hopefully this will be the game where they get it right. This, this, this is an important game. It reminds me last year of when the Bills on Thanksgiving went to Dallas. And there were a lot of questions about both of those teams at the time. And Buffalo, it was one of Josh Allen's best games of his career. He was unbelievable in that one. And that was when the Bills were like, okay, yeah, they're a legit team. Uh, I believe they went and played Pittsburgh a few weeks later, and they looked good. This is one of those games where I say, okay, Buffalo, you got to start showing me a full game. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm just going to hope that that happens finally. The Bills uh, get the win. They move to 9-3, to and, and and hopefully we start to feel a little bit more comfortable about them as the uh, playoffs approach. Yeah. And does this count as an underdog since they're plus one now? <laughs> no, no, it, it does not. I'm sorry. It does not. You are still taking a favorite here. Uh, Ted, we are on record for probably what is going to be the longest podcast that we've done together. We've got one game left here. Uh, oh, geez, I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah, Tuesday night football. I like talking about all these rants that I have. Yeah, Tuesday night football. We've got the Dallas Cowboys 3-8. They were humiliated uh, by the, uh, the Washington football team on Thanksgiving. Disastrous season for them. Um, they are going to take on the Ravens, who have also had a very disappointing season. Of course, this past week. Injuries, COVID list. There wasn't much they could do. They're now sitting at six and five. Um, Baltimore's lost four of their last five games after starting the season five and one. They have to, they have to essentially win out at this point if they want to stay in the playoff hunt. Um, And it's a, it's a Tuesday night game. So they got an extra day of rest to get in there. Uh, The line is Ravens minus seven. Teddy, are the Cowboys going to keep it close like they did two weeks ago against Minnesota and won that game? Or are they going to look as bad as they did last week against Washington? Yeah. This is a tough one for me. I mean, Baltimore
2: is definitely not the team that, that people were hoping coming into the season, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of gives me some... Uh, like, I, I never really believed in them
1: that much, so that, that gives me some, uh, like, satisfaction, I guess. But I just... I, I really... I tried to ride Dallas um, last week on Thanksgiving. I, I thought that maybe with Andy Dalton and everyone kind of being really high on the Giants and the, and the football team, that maybe they would they would kind of just surprise everyone and come back and, and start to like win and
2: win some games, mm-hmm. but they still just really look really bad. Um, this game's on Tuesday, which I honestly think they did so that Lamar could play. Yeah, um, Which it's is kind of up. sketchy, but I, I just honestly, even with RG3, I think I would still take the ball to the Ravens minus seven, just because I don't believe in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and obviously they're going to be looking to bounce back and a bad team like
0: Dallas is the time to do it. So, Chalk it up. I'm all favorites this week. Yeah. McKinney, minus seven. I love it. I'm, I'm taking Ravens minus seven two. Um, they're getting the running backs back, so the rush attack will be back to where it needs to be. Um, even if it's Trace McSorley going out there, I still think at this point Dallas' season is 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 over in my book. Um, I was buying a little bit into them after they beat Minnesota, uh, but after the Washington loss, I've given up. I think that the Ravens win it by seven. They this game is more important. You know, I know the Cowboys are still in the playoff hunt, but the Ravens, with how disappointing of a season it's been, they really need to start uh, putting out some impressive wins. And I think knowing that they're going to be able, they're going to be looking to really dominate these next few opponents to close out the season. So I'm with you, Ravens minus seven. Uh, Ted, you you took all favorites this week. Uh, so we'll, we'll be excited to uh, follow up in a week from now and see how that went uh, for you. Before we get going, three best bets of the week, what are they?
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, I really like the Patriots this week. I just it, The Chargers have just lost too many
2: close games for me to believe in them. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I like the Steelers minus eight. Um I mean, they're 11-0. and 0. They're playing the football team. I I, I just think they're going to continue to dominate. And then I like your Colts, minus 3.5. I just think they're going to match up well, and, and Houston's going to struggle without Will Fuller.
0: Nice, nice. We actually match up on uh, two of our best bets here. I'm with you on the Patriots, minus 1. I'm with you on the Colts, minus 3.5. And, and then my third, I'm actually going to take the Rams, minus 3. I just think both of those teams are trending in, in very different uh, directions right now, and I believe that the Rams are being um, – I think we're getting good value in getting the Rams at three just based off of their loss to the 49ers. I think that if they had beaten San Francisco, this would be more in the five to six range. Um, But I think getting them at three is an absolute steal. Yeah, I like it. Perfect. So, Ted, uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, We'll have a very exciting week, of course. Uh, Put out the graphic, um, and we'll be back next week doing week 14. But anything else you want to touch on before we get going?
1: Nah, man. I mean, this is a long podcast. I think I got all my rants out, but appreciate you having me on as always, and uh, hopefully I'll get another win under my belt.
0: Of course, man. Lots of fun. Always Am I enjoy. 2-0 these past two weeks? Uh, did you beat me two weeks? You did. Yeah, you've, you're on a you're on a hot streak now. You've won two weeks in a row. Um, dominated me last week. I my three and eleven. Fortunately, still hold a what a. I, our ties are a little bit different since you weren't betting on the jets for a while um, yeah. so that's gonna definitely mess with uh your attempt to kind of overtake me as the season approaches but you are getting hot at the right time and i have been uh, pretty cold the last two weeks i'm a combined eight 18 and one in the last two weeks so uh
1: yeah just in, in full uh integrity to the to the listeners i do want to point out that despite my my positive Records the last week, I have not been doing well. Better, so we'll turn it around together
0: this yes. week. Yes, yeah, we'll both uh, win. We'll have a blast. Exactly. All right, man. Always appreciate doing this with you, and I'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, man. Thank All you. Right. Peace.